0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message.
1: inception in 1983, Hillsong has grown from one church in Australia to having nearly 100,000 followers each week in churches literally all over the world. And leading the way is
2: the church's founder and senior pastor, Brian Houston. In addition to a daily televised broadcast that airs in more than 180 countries, Hillsong is also one of the largest producers of Christian music, having sold 14 million albums in more than
1: 60 languages. You've been to one of the services here in New York. I have. It's, an, it's an experience. And we had the music right here in our studio. We sure yeah, did. We sure yeah. did. Yeah. Now Brian, uh, Brian is sharing his story, and it's quite a story, mm-hmm. and he's helping people find their life's purpose in an inspiring new book called Live, Love, Lead. Your best is yet to come. <laughs> we just like Not based on the song, but it's the same concept. And welcome, welcome. to you. Welcome to America. Well, you've already conquered.
2: Hillsong's
3: everywhere. <laughs> oh, we're on the path, that's for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Of course. Did you
2: ever imagine that Hillsong would become such a huge kind of phenomenon when it first began?
3: To be honest, none of my wildest dreams. Really? I was always a big thinker and always had sort of dream. faith for a life to go somewhere, but to be honest... When we started, we were just glad anyone turned up next week. Oh, we really? weren't thinking of being here on the NBC in New York City. <laughs> yeah. this, this is at the pinnacle of your life. It's
1: got to be. But um, also you talk about how you used to, you didn't stutter, but you were so uncomfortable as a public speaker. Right. Your eyes would blink like all the time, right? Yeah. You were the, exactly the blinking right. preacher. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you find... This, um, this comfort zone mm-hmm. that you're now in.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, in the book itself, I actually talk about being confident in your call and comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the journey for me, certainly. And I think when we really start to realise that God created us just who we are, the way we are, and we start feeling at ease with that, not try to be who we're not, or be like anyone else, it's just the biggest, most freeing thing there is. All of a sudden, you're released to to shine, to do what you're called to do.
2: And this book is one of—I think—because there are a lot of people who who go through difficult times and aren't quite sure how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And you, in your lifetime, have been through some difficult times, and you're very open and honest about it, including, you know, the fact that. Your dad, at one point, had molested some young kids, and you, you, yeah. talk, you talk openly about that because there are lessons that come from it. And yeah. secrets aren't healthy. Yeah, are they? they aren't healthy.
3: No. I was determined with this book to help people by not just glossing over yeah. the difficulty. Really, I, I follow a difficult path, you know, through a narrow gate, which is Jesus to a big future, a glorious future. Mm-hmm. So I really did talk about life and its difficult path, it. and we all have hurt, we all have difficulty. So I was as honest and authentic as I can be. And people seem so much to have identified with that. Reading the book, I've had so many comments where people have said they expected the laughs, but the tears took them by surprise. Oh. So was
1: it a difficult book yeah. to write for you? Uh, or was it, was it healing for yeah, you as
3: well? well? Yeah, I think it, I, I, it, I, it was more healing, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've carried the pain of my father's mistakes and still carry them. Now, I found, uh, that was 1999 when I first found out he had abused children. Mm-hmm. It was the most and horrific day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, it's a, a chapter called The Worst Day of My Life, mm-hmm. and it literally was the worst day. And to be honest, it's still impacting me and yeah. others. And yeah. no doubt, the people he, he you yeah. know, so yeah. violated s- still bringing heartache today.
1: Mm-hmm. Is God the answer to every single human question? Is Jesus the, the answer?
3: I'm absolutely confident that Jesus is the answer and uh, the message, the main message of the gospel is the love of Jesus Christ and his incredible grace, his grace which is his smile, his favour. And no mistake
1: is bigger than what God can do in your life?
3: I am confident 100 percent, you know, people let their lives be ruled by guilt, or shame, regret, condemnation. Mm -hmm. You think about a building that's condemned, it means not fit for you, so when Mm -hmm. people live in condemnation, they literally... Unfit for use is mm-hmm. how they feel, yeah. and the whole message of the gospel wow. is to set people free. The opposite of that. To let them that. be yeah. free.
1: It's it's, oh, a, it's a sensational book, yeah. and it's and there are Song churches everywhere. I really suggest you try one out or get some of the music. It'll bless you. Yeah. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you very much. Thank thanks you for coming, ladies. ladies. Bless you. Great bless to being you. Here.
0: How about that, huh? Was that was that was that amazing? All right. So bow your heads. We're going to have an altar call right now. Hey, look, please help me welcome all of our locations, everyone watching online right now. Come on, we want to welcome you to celebration today. We are so glad that you came out. And wow, what, what an amazing interview there for Pastor Brian Hun! And you guys know, I mean, very few pastors even have the opportunity uh, to go on a show like the Today Show. And for that opportunity to be there uh, for him to basically share the message God's love and the person of Jesus to millions and millions of people is just amazing. I wanna say this, that after the service, Pastor Brian, he's really blessing us, man. He is gonna be signing books immediately following the service. So every single person here today, you need to pick up your copy of Live, Love and Lead. Many of you know that Pastor Brian and also Pastor Bobby, who's here with him today. Come on, give it up for (laughs) Miss Pastor Bobby. You know, Brian and, and Bobby have so inspired Carrie and I, and really so much in Celebration Church is due to their leadership. And in fact, you know, their their generational leadership and all that they brought to the body of Christ. And not only do over do over a hundred thousand people meet in Hillsong churches all around the world every weekend, but they really inspired millions in the body of Christ to 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 really to to live life for God and to love and to lead like Brian talks about, and so we're so blessed and so honored for them to be here today. So, church, I want you to stand to your feet, all of our locations right now, and I want you to give the best welcome you can for Pastor Brian. Come
3: on. Here he comes, the famous Aussie. How good it is to be in Jacksonville, Florida, with you guys. Amen. (laughs) Wow. You know... I was thinking during this service, just stay standing one moment if you can, stay standing, you have gotta pray, you can't pray sitting down. (laughs) Prayer don't work that way. So anyway, I was thinking during this service, you guys really need more faith to get a bigger screen. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen a screen that big in any church anywhere. So uh, that's the power of a dream right there, which is what I'm talking about today. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing here at celebration. Lord, here in this location and every other location that there is, Lord, I just thank You in Jesus' name that You have a purpose and You have a plan for every single life. And I pray in Your mighty name that Your will be done, Father, in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, Father, in our business, in our careers, in our endeavors, Lord, whatever it is, thank you, Father, that you go before us and you come behind us. We give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. You guys can be seated. (laughs) And how awesome today is, huh? With technology, you can be talking to so much more than one place at one time. Got other sites, other locations. And uh, of course, online, I love it. You know, there was a time when, if you were talking to 500 people in a room, you were only talking to 500 people. Now you never know how far it might go. It's awesome. Everyone good? Your dream is your destiny. I wonder what you dreamed about when you were 17 years old. I wonder if you were encouraged to dream. If you are 17, some people aren't even yet at 17. So what do you dream about? What did you dream about when you were 17? Think back to when you were young, maybe in your mid to late teens. What did you hope for? What was your vision? What was your dream? Did you live in an environment where your dream was discouraged or thwarted? Were you were kind of taught not to hope for too much? Were you inspired to dream? Are you still dreaming that dream today? Are you dreaming new dreams? Do you believe in the power of a dream? Do you believe that your dream could become your destiny? If you read the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, then you begin to see how God can give someone a dream and how no matter what comes against it, that dream could become your destiny. In Genesis chapter 37, is anyone old school enough to still bring a physical Bible to church? Yeah, yeah, I'm old school, I love it. This This is a real Bible. That one in your iPhone, that's not a real Bible. That one's not anointed. Although I must say, I literally do all my preparation in my phone. Literally all of it. Bibles, translations, searches for things, writing it, do it all on my phone. What a cool day. Okay, let's get to it. Because I've got to go to Australia this afternoon. So you've got no worries about this service going too long. I've got to go to Australia. <laughs> Genesis 37, verse 1. Now, jo- Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. How old? 17, 17 exactly. 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the, Lord, the lad was with the sons of Bilhar and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. There was favour on Joseph's life. And so it goes on and says also, he made him a technicolor dream coat. But when... His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. They hated him. Now they hate him even more, the Scripture says. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my chief. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So now they hated him even more. They hated him. They hated him even more. And now they hated him even more than when they hated him more before. <laughs> I think they actually really didn't like him. Well, the Bible goes on and says, then, verse nine, he dreams still another dream told it to his brothers and said, "'Look, I have dreamed another dream, "'and this time it's the sun, the moon, "'and the 11 stars that bowed down to me.'" So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, "'What is this dream that you have dreamed? "'Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed "'come to bow down to the earth before you?' And his brothers envied him, "'but his father kept the matter in mind.'" Joseph was 17. He dreamed a big dream. It was a dream of leadership. It was a dream of prominence. He saw a field and there were crops and all the other crops bowed down, but no, his sheaf, the Scripture says, it stood upright. Told it to his brothers, they didn't like it. Well, then it says he dreamed still another dream. This time the sun, moon and stars, they bowed down to him. There is a power in a dream. I'm a great believer in the power of a dream and in God's ability, as it says in Ephesians 3.21, to exceeding abundant and above anything you could ask or think according to His power that's working in you. Do you know, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. There are other translations that say, where there is no vision, people dwell carelessly. Another one, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint, perish, dwell carelessly, cast off restraint. In the New Living Translation, it says, the people run wild. You know why young people sometimes run wild? Dwell carelessly, cast off restraint in terms of the God potential in then perish? Because oftentimes they're not raised with a sense of vision. They don't live with a dream. I love being a part of a church and you're in a church where young people are inspired and encouraged to dream, where they're inspired to live their life with purpose. They're inspired to live their life with vision. And thank God, for that kind of church, because that's definitely the kind of church that I want a pastor. You speak about church being generational. Well, it's amazing how you get young people believing that they've got a God-given future and a God-given hope. And it's incredible how they will start focusing on what God has for their life. You know, one last translation is the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. I wonder if you've been stumbling all over yourself or whether you're still inspired by a dream. Three truths about dreamers. The first one is your dream will threaten some people. Not everyone's gonna like your dream. And sometimes, sadly, it's not the people on the periphery of your life who get most threatened by your dream. Maybe just like Joseph, whose brothers hated him and hated his dream, it's actually the people closest to you. Maybe it is your actual siblings Maybe they see that your life is going somewhere and feel like their life is going nowhere. And it's amazing how it can be your siblings, those closest to you, your peers, those who you've kind of done life with, who you'd love to have encouragement from the most, who can get the most threatened by your dream. That's sure how it was for Joseph. Dreamers, sometimes your dream will threaten some people. But the second thing about dreamers is they never stop dreaming. They keep dreaming new dreams. I'm 61 years old and I'm filled with dreams for the future. I'm excited three weeks from now. We begin a building on one of our, it's kind of like our central campus. It'd be like this campus in your church. And that building, the foundations, the footings have been there for nine years. It's gonna be a building that's gonna give us better facilities for Hillsong Leadership College, for our youth, for our children. We'll be able to build television studios in there. I love building, I love progress. I get so inspired by that. I'm still dreaming new dreams, amen. Hey, Joseph, Joseph dreamed another dream. First time the fields bowed down, this time it's the sun, moon and stars. Now he's heading for the stars. He kept dreaming new dreams. I love that. I love the fact that, hey, you never have to stop dreaming. Sadly, when you do stop dreaming, sometimes you lose your capacity to inspire vision in other people. The Bible says, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. It's talking about the prophecy of of the prophet Joel. Think about it, young men, She'll see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. If you are getting a little older and you stop dreaming, you also lose your ability to inspire vision in your children, in younger people. That's why you should never stop dreaming. Your dream will threaten some people. Dreamers keep dreaming new dreams. And you know the other thing about dreamers? They understand other dreamers. When Joseph was in prison, he was able to interpret the dreams of a butcher a baker and a candlestick maker. Not quite, but it was kind of like that. Ultimately, as a result of that, he was able to interpret the dream of the Pharaoh, the, the, the leader of the whole land of Egypt. And the fruit of that was, it led him towards his dream. He became prime minister of the entire land. And truly, people did bow to him. So dreamers understand other dreamers. You know why it's awesome to be in a church like this? It's awesome because you're inspired to dream. This room is filled with people with a vision for their life, with purpose for their life, with a dream for their life. And it's the best place to be because there's a world out there who maybe don't understand your dream, who can't see in you what God can see in you, who maybe do get threatened by your dream. And you know, there's a world out there that sometimes will take courage out, but how powerful to be in an environment where courage is put in, in Jesus' name. So thank God. Well, you know, three things that you need and that Joseph needed to see his dream become destiny. And the first one is the will to live. Why did Joseph need the will to live? Well, his brothers tried to kill him. Slavery tried to kill his dream. Accusation tried to kill his dream. Prison tried to kill his dream. Ultimately, as leader of Egypt, famine tried to kill his dream. There were all sorts of things lining up to kill his dream. If you're gonna be a dreamer, you need the will to live and for your dream to live because it may be discouragement that tries to kill your dream. It may be a lack of faith by people who can't see what God sees in you or maybe planning to get threatened by your dream that tries to kill your dream. It may be circumstance, a financial crisis, some kind of challenge, maybe even something as painful as a divorce that tries to kill your dream. There'll always be things, the enemy, mule, the devil will make sure of it, that line up to kill your dream. So to see your dream become destiny, you have to decide that you're going to live with an absolute will for your dream to live. Joseph needed the will to live. Joseph needed the will to succeed. Why did he need the will to succeed? Because God will never give you a dream of mediocrity and He'll never give you a a dream of failure. God gives you a dream of success. You can define success, maybe different than the world, but you can define success however you will. I do know that Joshua was given a dream by God and the dream involved basically Everywhere he put his feet that God would give it to him. From the mountains to the ocean, from the desert to the river, God would give it all. But he kept on being told, you're gonna have to be strong and courageous. You're gonna have to be strong and courageous. And in the end, the Lord says, I will make your way prosperous and I will give you good success. Good success is when you don't make it about yourself. If there's good success, there must also be bad success. Bad success is where we take what God gives us and we turn it all back on ourselves. So Joseph needed the will to succeed. It tells us in Genesis, excuse me, chapter, just getting myself organized here, chapter 41, verse 40 to 43, Pharaoh he said to Joseph, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you, the scripture says. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see I have sent you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed them in garments of dirty rags, fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. That's what you need, Pastor Stovall. You need to open your shirt a bit, sew your hairy chest and wear a big gold chain around your neck. Then you'll be called. That's a good sign of success because that's what Pharaoh promised Joseph. <laughs> you got an awesome pastor. Pastor Couple. Awesome. Anyway, on it goes, just talking about how people would bow the knee and He sent him over all the land of Egypt. You need the dream of success, but I'll tell you something else. Joseph had the will to serve. Why did he need the will to serve? He needed the the will to live, the will to succeed, the will to serve. He needed the will to serve because he was serving his father when he was out with his brothers. He needed the will to serve because that's what he was doing in Potiphar's house. He was serving. He needed the will to serve because when he was in jail, he was serving by interpreting the dreams of others and then of the Pharaoh himself. He needed the will to serve because when he became prime minister, there was a time of plenty and his stewardship in a time of plenty meant that he was able to serve the people by having reserves during a time of famine, a time of global financial crisis. You know, most people have the will to live. It's, it's human instinct. Most people have the will to live. Fewer people have the will to succeed. But you know, even less people have the will to serve. Joseph had the will to live, he had the will to succeed, and he had the will to serve. I wonder why less people have the will to succeed than to live. You know what I think it is? Because a lot of people, they want success. They may see someone and would love to be where they're at, someone who's ahead of them. Maybe even in ministry they can look at someone who's well ahead of them. They'd love to have what they have, but I wonder if they would, are prepared to pay the price, to make the sacrifices, to count the cost, to take the hits, to be prepared to keep standing up, not only to live and survive, but to keep on being a success. Less people have the word to succeed because they simply don't want to pay the price and count the cost that it actually takes to see your dream become destiny and to go after all that God's got for you. And even less people have the will to serve. That's why I talked about good success, which Joshua was promised and bad success because you know, good success is when we make it about others and we make it about serving God. Bad success is when we simply turn it all back on ourselves and make it about us. If you live your life with the will to live, And you understand you live to succeed. And then you understand that God gives you success so that you serve. You live to succeed and you succeed to serve. You'll be part of the 1%. You'll be a once in a generation type person that other people look to for inspiration. You're the one who can inspire many, many other people. Because reality is few people really understand that God wants them to live when their shoulders are pinned against the floor, they keep getting back up because God's called them to succeed. And ultimately He gives you blessing so that you can be a blessing. You live like that, you'll be part of the 1%. The greatest friend you have when it comes to seeing your dream become your destiny is the Holy Spirit. Because the one thing about the Holy Spirit is, He understands the future. He understands the power of a dream. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit and it says He will show you things to come. It's talking about the future. It's talking about what's ahead of you, your dream. In Joel, it tells us in Acts chapter 2 when 120 were in an upper room and it quotes the prophet Joel. I mentioned it, before it, it says, "And it shall come to pass in the last day," says God, I will pour out my spirit, the Holy Spirit, on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I'm still seeing visions myself. It's old men that dream dreams. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I already mentioned it once that when a, a man loses his ability to dream. I could say the same for a woman. They lose their ability to inspire vision in people coming after them, whether it's their own children or anyone else. Don't underestimate the power of a dream and the capacity for your dream to inspire vision in other generations, in younger people. As soon as someone loses their vision for the future, they will generally return to their past. When Peter, when Jesus died. And Peter, he got so discouraged. He said, I'm going fishing. And those around him said, we'll come with you. Of course, when he first saw Jesus, he was a fisherman, but he lost his vision for the future. So he wanted to return to his past. Think about that for a moment. You know, the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, how does He help our dream? Well, the Word says, He will guide you into all truth, keep you from distraction. Keep from getting off the path. He will guide you into God's purpose, into all truth. I love that thought. You see, you can think, well, how do I know this dream is of God? How do I know it's not just a little girl's fairy tale? How do I know it's not just a little boy's dream? How do I know this dream is really from God? Well, you know, talking about the Lord, the Scripture says, if an earthly father, his son asks him for bread, He's not going to give him a stone. It says, how much more will your heavenly father give good things yeah. to those who ask him? Yeah. You know what? If you just seek, keep seeking God, you've got the Holy Spirit guiding you. The word says, no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draw him. The Holy Spirit, I believe, he kind of nudges us, even when we don't understand it. He kind of sometimes, we think we know what we want and yet the Holy Spirit can be guiding you sometimes just by circumstance. You believe God would work that way, but He's guiding you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you and keep you on course with your divine destiny and with your God-given dream. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, why do you need a helper? When it comes to your dream becoming your destiny. Living the life of a dreamer could be a very lonely road. Abraham, God gave him a dream. He said, look to the stars. He started talking about fruitfulness and children, like the stars of the sky. And then he said, look to the ground. He looked to the dust of the desert. And he said he had given blessing, children, fruitfulness like the dust. By the way, think about that for a moment. So often people wanna shoot for the stars. But can I tell you right now, that often time it's the serving in the dust. It's living a sacrificial life and serving in the dust that opens up the possibility for you to start seeing God like Joseph did, give Him another dream that involved the sun, the moon and the stars. Often time people are going after the stars, but it's a floaty world out there. It's full of space junk. And some Christians, they don't want to serve. They don't want to volunteer. They don't want to give their time. They don't want to help. And so they're going after the stars. But don't forget, it was carved out in the dust for Abraham. That's what led him to God, giving him the dream that involved the stars. (laughs) You know, it was a lonely road for Abraham because he had this big dream. But here he stood on a mountain and his son, his supernatural son, he stood there prepared to sacrifice his son, who of course was the vehicle of the vessel for the dream that God gave Abraham to become a reality. Sometimes it can be a lonely road. Sometimes people can't see in you what God can see. Sometimes it feels like you're on your own in this. There's no doubt sometimes as a dreamer that you're believing for something that maybe other people, they can't see that in you. That's why I just think it's, Phenomenal that the Holy Spirit will help us. And in the Amplified, it uses such incredible words. It doesn't just use the word helper, it adds things like your comforter. Describes the Holy Spirit as comforter, as counselor, as helper, as advocate, as intercessor, as strengthener, as standby. You know what you think about all those things, the Holy Spirit will help you. The scripture says he will comfort you. It says, he's your counselor. Oh, where am I gonna go? Just go to the Word, go to the Holy Spirit. He'll keep you on course. You can live your life by the opinion of others. But you know, everyone's got a right to an opinion, but it's not always right to share it. When someone says, if you wanna hear my opinion, I can tell you right now, you're gonna hear it whether you want to or not. (laughs) There's a huge difference between opinion and counsel. People will have a million opinions. In fact, opinionated can be a little like marinated. You're actually covered in opinion. Opinion will just lead you off the the path. But godly counsel, that's so critical. The Holy Spirit, He's our helper, He's our comforter. The Scripture says that He is our counsellor. He's our intercessor, and intercessors pray. The Holy Spirit's praying for you. It calls Him an advocate. That means He's speaking on your behalf. How powerful is that, how's your dream? The Holy Spirit is speaking on your behalf. He's also called your strengthener. He's called your standby. You can see me up here today, but I can tell you, if the Lord's speaking to you through this, it's not me, it's my standby. The Holy Spirit who can speak into people's hearts and speak into people's lives. He's a strengthener. How beautiful, how powerful is the Holy Spirit? I believe the Holy Spirit can keep guiding, prodding, and He can help and comfort. By the way, the Greek word is paraclete. The spell check in my notes made it parakeet. But the Holy Spirit's not a little yellow birdie, okay? He did not come in the form of a dove, but He is your paraclete, your comforter, your helper. He will guide you, He will help you, the Holy Spirit will convict you. In other words, He'll have you living by conviction. Here it says, John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He said, I do not go away. The helper will not come to you. In verse eight, it says, and when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin and righteousness, what's right and what's wrong. I love that because living your life by the conviction of the Holy Spirit means you'll stay on course with God's purpose. It means that you'll know the right friends and the wrong friends. It means sometimes, when it even comes to the person you spend your life with, that the Holy Spirit will convict you of what's right and wrong. It's so easy for people to make decisions that ultimately compromise their dream. But we got the Holy Spirit, and if we live by His conviction, He will keep you on course. He'll keep you on God-given purpose to see your dream become your destiny. Amen. He's your guide. He's your helper. He'll convict you. I love that. And then... You say, well, how could I do that? You know, when I was younger, I was a big dreamer, but I didn't have the self-confidence. I I just didn't, I couldn't see how God could do it. I I just couldn't see it. But you know, it's an amazing thing, how the Holy Spirit will empower you. You shall receive power. Acts chapter 1, verse eight. It's the last thing Jesus said before, whoop, He moved on to, to glory, you know. He ascended into heaven. The last thing He said is, you'll receive power. Do you know an amazing thing? Because right before that, He said to His followers, His disciples, He said, don't go anywhere yet. He said, I wanna talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And they said this, they said, in verse six, they said, are you gonna restore the kingdom of Israel? So what were they thinking? They were thinking, little Israel. Two verses later, the Lord says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you'll be witnessing to me in Jerusalem, Israel, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. God is the ultimate big thinker. Maybe we're thinking Jerusalem. But He's able to do that exceeding, abundant, and above what you ever asked or think according to His power (laughs) that works into you. According to what? His power. His power that works in you. You think more, yeah, I've got a big dream, but. I just can't see how I could do I can't see, I don't have the gift, I don't have the talent, I don't know the people, I haven't got the resource. I can't see how it would happen. But in the Holy Spirit, you know, when they said, you receive power, the Greek word's literally dunamis, explosive power. It's where we get our word dynamite from. And so I can tell you right now, God can explode on your dream and turn it into your destiny. He can do it despite me. He can do it despite you. Amen. He can give you that exceeding abundance. People say to me, "Could you have imagined when you started? You know what Hillsong is now." And to be honest with you, I really couldn't. I was always a big thinker. Like I think I said in that interview on the Today Show. You know, I always was a visionary. But but I, I mean, you know, right at the moment, Hills, uh, Hollywood came to us. They're making a movie about Hillsong. When we started a little school hall. I didn't say to Bobby, Bobby, let's start a church that Hollywood will make a movie about. (laughs) It was not in my wildest dreams. I just couldn't even imagine it. I sat one time on Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood on a park bench, looking out over the huge city of Los Angeles. It went all the way, as far as I could see, till it disappeared into the smog. (laughs) I didn't know anyone in America. I was young. I just didn't know anyone much here. I had a few acquaintances, but really, no real friends, no real, you know. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. God, I believe, told me He's going to give me influence, give Hillsong influence in this country. I couldn't see how it could happen. And so I couldn't even imagine. 14 million, they said, Hillsong worship albums sold around the world. I think it's actually more than that. But we didn't start out thinking, let's start a church where the continents of the world from villages to great urban cities will sing these songs. It wasn't even, I thought I was a big dreamer, but I could never have imagined. And that's where the Holy Spirit will empower you and He'll do that exceeding abundant and above what you could ever ask or think. He's the ultimate big thinker. We're thinking Jerusalem. He's thinking the ends of the earth. Amen. Don't underestimate how the Holy Spirit can explode your dream and turn it into God-given purpose. You know, one of the things I love the most is the Holy Spirit will connect your dream and cause it to make you have a connectivity, to be relevant so that whoever you are, whatever you do, it's not some weird thing that people don't understand. An actual fact. The Holy Spirit will make sure that what you have, if you're a business person, it could be a product. It may be an invention. If you're in ministry, it may be a ministry gift. It may be what you, know, you do. But whatever it is, the Holy Spirit can take what you have and cause it to relate and connect to a world around and about you. So that people, they literally want what you have in Jesus' Name. That's how I know this. You see, when there were 120 in the upper room, you know, they all spoke in other tongues, the Scripture says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. People thought they were drunk. But the Bible says they marveled because as they spoke in tongues, all of the various people who were there, they could hear what the Scripture says. Listen to it, it's Acts chapter two, and it's uh, in the Bible. And uh, (laughs) it's verse 11, and it talks about the people who could understand in their own language the miserable things of God. No, no, the marvelous things of God. They could hear it in their own language. The people who could hear it included, like it's saying on the screens, I hope, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking, they said, in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Cretans, let me tell you about the Cretans. In the book of Titus, it actually describes them as evil beasts and lazy gluttons. And in case there's any doubt, the very next verse says this testimony is true. In other words, they were evil beasts and lazy gluttons. They actually really were. This testimony is true. And yet, isn't it amazing? They were way out there, sinful, but they could hear the marvellous works of God in their own language. That's the thing about the Holy Spirit. What a pity that some people, the way they see the Holy Spirit, He makes them weird. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. He makes you relevant. He takes the marvellous things of God, not the miserable things of God, (laughs) the awesomeness, the greatness, the marvellous things of God. (laughs) And people can hear it in a language they understand. And I believe the Holy Spirit in you. He can take whoever you have, whatever your dream is, whatever you're believing for, and He can literally cause, you know, the marvellous works of God to be seen in it. And people basically, you're speaking a language that people understand. You know, the wonderful thing about many Today, contemporary churches—they're taking the timeless message, but in many ways, we're kind of using new methods, like a bigger screen that you'll ever see on even IMAX, and uh, and uh, you know, basically connect to a current generation. And I love being able to build that kind of church. The message—it's timeless; it never changes. But in 2015, the methods—they have to change and it's the Holy Spirit who'll keep you on course with God-given purpose. Anyone believe it? Think about, think about what you dreamed when you were 17 years old. Did you write it off as a little girl's fairy tale a long time ago? Are you still dreaming new dreams today? Maybe that dream that you had as a kid, Life itself just kind of eroded it, kind of undermined it. Maybe it's kind of been fogged now by reality. You know, that wasn't real. Man, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit's not good at just supporting what's possible and what's real. He's awesome at basically taking you towards all that God's got for you, which sometimes moves well beyond possibility and reality so that the God factor, the supernatural, simply cannot be denied. Think about what you dreamed. Are you dreaming new dreams? Do you believe that God can cause your dream to become destiny? I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna pray for your dream. Right now, you sit it down, but maybe just hold your hands in in a worshipful praise stance. And Father, you know people's dreams here. Lord, I pray people would dare to dream. Lord, I pray that people would think that and understand that even when we're just thinking small Jerusalem, that You can do the ends of the earth. Help us, Father. Lord, to see that dream become clear again in our focus. Lord, I pray where people have been, you know, the dreams been literally knocked out of them. Father, I pray they'll renew that dream. Lord, keep giving us new dreams. Lord, keep helping us see new possibilities. Father, help us no matter where we're at in life to inspire vision in others and keep dreaming dreams ourselves. Lord, I just pray where the devil's tried to destroy people's dreams, where the devil has tried to undermine them, Lord, and cause their dream to die. Lord, give them the will to live. Give them the will to succeed. You've got a dream, a blessing for them, a dream of fruitfulness for them. Lord, give them the will to keep that dream attached to serving You, serving other people. Lord, I believe people today dreams to be revived, Lord, of people to begin to step out and believe in You for bigger things, greater things, new things in Jesus' Name. Do you believe it? No, no, do you really believe it? In the other locations, in the other locations. Do you believe it? Wow, I could hear you. that's awesome, praise God. Hey listen, I wanna ask you something. Can I, let me talk to you about something for a minute. Before you move, do you realise this next moment is the most important part of the service? And do you realise that if you start moving and leaving, not telling you what to do, you ultimately you do what you wanna do, that actually it can literally impact eternity for someone? I wanna encourage you to really think about just leaning in and adding faith at this moment because it is the most powerful moment in people's lives and your faith and your lean-in can make a huge difference. So keep that in mind if it's an emergency, obviously, but why don't we stand together, take a moment, because I wanna talk to you about something. I wanna ask you this, have you ever made a conscious decision to surrender ownership of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if you've ever encountered God in a personal way. He loves you. He is on your side. He is for you, He is not against you. Can I tell you right now that there is no more inclusive message on this earth today than the Gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of clubs, a lot of things that rate themselves by how exclusive they are, the Gospel's exactly the opposite. And when it's working best, it's the most inclusive message. The body language of the Gospel of Jesus, the good news it's not like that, it's like this. It's like whosoever will to the Lord may come. It's anyone who calls on the Name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, have you ever encountered Jesus in a personal way? In America, or really all around the world, we talk about being born again. It can become like a throwaway lion. But it really is a new beginning, a brand new chapter. It's a new start. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new, is what the Bible says. I would love to see people today make a choice, asking Jesus to come into their life, believing to make that conscious decision for Him. And then maybe you've known the Lord, but you've kinda not been doing well. I mean, it's not as though God unsaved people. He saves you, then unsaves you, then saves you, then unsaves you. He saves you, He saves you. You don't have to get saved every week. But I'll tell you this, we can be making choices, making decisions that are causing us to live a life dislocated from the centre of God's will. He never moved, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But our choices, our decisions, coldness in our heart can have us living so that we're living dislocated from God's purpose. I'm gonna pray for people in just a moment, I'm gonna believe for people to make a choice for Jesus. And I'm gonna believe for every person here He said, Brian, when you pray for people to encounter Jesus in a personal way, when you pray for people to make a conscious decision for Jesus Christ, to be saved, to be born again, to begin a brand new chapter, Brian, would you include me in that prayer? I'm gonna believe that there'll be people who say, Brian, when you pray for people to get right with God, to make their peace with Him, to come back to living their life with God in the centre, with Him being and His will being the centre of our lives so we can live not disenfranchised, but live with Jesus at the helm. Brian, when you pray that prayer, would you include me? Could I have everyone close your eyes for one moment? Everyone in prayer for just one moment? And if you say, Brian, when you pray that prayer, would you include me? I'm gonna count to three. And I'm gonna ask every single person everywhere who says, Brian, please include me in that prayer. On three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in the air. If you think, well, I'd be the only one who raised your hand, I'll promise you, you will not be the only one. I believe there'll be many people who will raise their hands today, making a choice for Jesus, making a decision to encounter Him in a personal way, to get right with God, to be born again, to have a brand new beginning, to start a new chapter in your life with a God-given destiny, not only in eternity, but right here on earth. So you ready for it? You ready to raise your hand on three? If you say, Brian, include me in that prayer. On three, here we go. Get ready to raise your hand. I'll say one more time, I believe there'll be lots of hands. One, two, three. Raise them up right now, wow. What, I love this. Anyone else, anyone wanna join all these people whose hands are raised? Make a choice for Jesus. Make a decision to serve Him. Put Him first in your life. I'm gonna ask Pastor Stovall to come right on up here with me right now. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, inviting Jesus into your life then. Pastor Stovall can talk to you about what you could do right then, okay? But I want everyone to pray this prayer, not just those who raise your hand. And let's not pray it timid, let's pray it boldly. Let's be, you know, you pray it boldly, you're kind of encouraging people who are making choices for Jesus, getting right with Him, being born again, having a brand new start. So let's all pray it as a great big family, we're family here. I'm your long lost Australian brother, amen. Come on, let's pray, everyone out loud together. Dear Jesus, I make this decision to surrender to You, every part of my life. Today is a new beginning. Because of Jesus Christ, the power of sin is broken. I'm a child of God, a new creation, a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank You for Your love and grace. Thank You for Your forgiveness and mercy. I am a believer. Jesus is alive in me amen 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 come on let's give them a huge congratulations in jesus name amen
0: thank you for tuning in to today's podcast for more information about celebration church or to get in touch with us please visit celebration.org